The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited for today's episode with Gemma. She is truly a gem, no pun intended. And I was so glad that I got to meet her. Her podcast is a sweeping success. It's called The Psychology of Your 20s. And if you haven't heard it, it is a must listen. You learn so much. She is like beyond wise. And I really hope that you enjoy what she has to say. Before we get into that, I want to go over a few topics that were top of mind, but are not necessarily topics that we're going to do like an entire episode on. One of which, so I met with someone the other day who might be working with We Met at Acme in the future. And she mentioned like, you know, she's single and dating. And she was like, I struggle with first dates. And a lot of friends of mine do also. And just being nervous and how to take dating less seriously when you're going on all these first dates and like how to be present on a first date. Instead of being nervous about keeping the conversation flowing and not like embarrassing yourself and then you kind of lose like, how did I actually feel on this date? Right. And we actually have an episode on this. It's an old episode. I can link it. It's called Why Men Date Younger and the Only First Date Advice You'll Ever Need. It's episode 166 if you listen on Spotify. But basically in this episode, and I'll reiterate now, my advice for a first date and to have a good first date is to go in with not only no expectations, but not even romantic expectations, right? You should be going into this date as if you are meeting a friend, like taking the energy that you would bring to a friend date, right? Or just like even a networking date. A place, any place that you feel most comfortable when you're meeting up with someone. So maybe you feel most comfortable networking. Maybe you feel most comfortable when you're meeting a friend. Maybe you feel most comfortable when you're talking to a stranger like at a laundromat that you know you're never going to see again and you're just shooting the shit. Whatever it is, like first channel, where do you feel most comfortable and most relaxed? Like, is it with someone who's younger than you? Is it with someone who's... I don't know, like who the stakes are really low with where, whatever that might be, channel that vibe, channel that environment. So for me, when I was first dating, like I'll use my date, my first date with Steven as an example, I knew him a little bit, you know, the story, we're not going to get into it, but it was pretty nervous for our first date. So I just told myself that I'm making a potential new friend, meaning if this didn't work out, this date and it was, you know, weird or whatever, or I embarrassed myself. At the very least, I learned something new about a person because I'm a curious person. And that's even if you don't feel like you're a curious person, pretend to be a curious person when it comes to dating, because then you go in and you want to know about this person instead of wanting to be understood, you want to understand. And if you're dating to understand and to make new friends, then it's a completely different experience than dating with all these stakes of like, oh my God, are we going to have the same values? Are we both going to like to go to Miami over a break? Like, are we both going to agree that three kids is the perfect amount? Like, We don't need to be future tripping before we go into these dates, but instead we need to just be like, is this someone who I'd want to hang out with? Is this someone who I feel like is funny and like gets the joke? And in terms of just being present, like try to use mindfulness. And I actually hate the word mindfulness. I actually find it triggering. I think it's so annoying. So if you feel that way. I'm sorry to even bring it up now, but let's break it down. I don't mean mindfulness as in like meditate when you're on this date. I mean mindfulness as in like pay attention to your surroundings and what's in front of you. Forget that your phone exists. Like really focus on how am I feeling in this conversation with this person? And what is my body doing? Like, is it breathing heavily? Is it feeling more at ease? Am I fidgeting? Like, 
Or am I really being present, able to hear what they have to say and show that I'm interested in them? I feel like if you do all these things going into a first date, then you are more present. You're less nervous because if you embarrass yourself, you're like, whatever, this is a friend anyway. This isn't necessarily my husband. And the idea of treating someone like a friend is actually a really good strategy to get them to like you because no guy specifically. And of course, you know, in this situation, I'm talking to girls dating guys. No guy wants to feel like he's in the friend zone. He's always going to try to get out of it. And I'm sure reverse is true, you know? So I think it is really important to just maintain that this could be a potential friend. And at the very least, you learn something about a person that you didn't know before. And how cool you have new information because you're a curious person who now knows something new about someone. Also, the last thing I'll say about that is that don't expect your first date with this person to be the most magical date. I'm a huge believer in the second date is when things really take off. That's when things like actually get hot and heavy or sexy. And like usually when a kiss happens. So no one's really leaving a first date that judgmental. And if they are, then screw that. Like you don't want to be with someone who's being so judgy over your behavior on a first date. It should be as simple as like, oh, I had a good time with her. or I had a good time with him. I would like to see them again. The next topic I'm going to talk about is a poll question that got a lot of DMs this week, people, or two weeks ago, rather. People wanted me to give my take. And the question was this, been dating significant other. He's 30 and a guy for eight months. If you, you're 29, a female, feel like you want to move in together this summer and address an engagement timeframe, is it okay to initiate this conversation Or does the guy need to bring it up first? There have been small convos and letters where he hints at a future and his family has also acknowledged this, but there hasn't been a bigger conversation yet. Here's the thing. I think that initiating or starting a conversation around moving in together is totally fair game. I think initiating conversation about your future is more of his responsibility. Could you do it? And would the right person not run away? For sure. But that, in my opinion, goes into the realm of you're now asking him to marry you. You know what I mean? Like he has a man has to ask three things in life and it's will you be my girlfriend? Will you marry me? I guess move in together is one of those things. But whatever, you can still initiate the conversation, right? And that conversation can be as simple as like, yeah, my lease is up in a few months and I know yours is up in November, whatever. What are your, like, where are you, what are you thinking? Like, where's your head at? Instead of like, I really want to move in together. And I just, I think it's a little crazy that you haven't brought it up. So I'm going to bring it up. And so what do you think? Like, do you agree? Do you think we should live together? Like, it's all about how you approach the communication around this topic I think if I remember correctly, and we have an episode on this called how to make the guy think it's their idea or something like that. And I basically was like, you know, like, or I I think I said exactly that. I was like, my lease is up, you know, I could renew it, but would love to discuss where your head's at. And it came from a confident place of like, are we going to do it this year or like next year? Meaning like I wasn't insecure about whether he wanted to live with me. It was just a matter of like, are we going to do this now or should we do this in a year from now type of thing? And I remember Stephen was like, you know, it was hard for both of us because we hadn't lived with anyone yet in our lives at all romantically. And I remember he was like, no, like I, I think like, you know, we basically like lived together already. Like it would make me so happy to live with you something like that. And then that kind of conversation. And of course, this isn't every relationship. It could be totally different, but made me believe that if he was going to agree and want to live with me, 
then we were going to spend our future together. That and, of course, other comments that were made. And it sounds like this guy that you're dating has made similar comments, but like, oh, you're my person or I can't wait for our babies, like things like that. And so after we decided to move in together, it was like we were off and running and we didn't really have to have the conversation of like, what does our future look like? What is our engagement timeline? Because you know, you move in together and you're 29, 30, you got to assume that it's going to happen. And I would say probably six months into having moved in together, if you're 30 plus, that's when you can start jokingly like dropping hints about rings and things like that. But again, I don't think that you need to sit them down unless you're really sure that it's not going to happen and say like, are we long term, you know? But again, like there could be a fight that happens that brings you closer together that has this person say, like, I see this long term. If you've never heard them say words like that, then of course a conversation needs to be had. But I'm just assuming naturally things have been said like that. So to conclude, I think you can bring up moving in together. I think they should bring up engagement timeline and future if you really, if you even want to talk about that, because I personally didn't want to talk about some sort of timeline. I didn't want to know when I was getting engaged, but again, it's different for everyone. And if I had thought that he was dragging his feet or having thoughts of wanting to delay such a thing, then I would have brought it up. So as long as you do it from a confident place, because you are the prize, you are the prize. And I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode with Gemma. If you enjoy it, please feel free to write a review if you haven't already. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard me talk about my very horrifying scamming story of how I got scammed last year. I'm still not over it. I will never be over it. It is really violating and really horrible. And I cannot tell you how grateful I was when Delete Me decided to become a partner and supporter of this podcast because they are doing the Lord's work. We are such easy targets on the internet. Like our information is everywhere. Just by having a Facebook account, we could be victims of cyber crimes, identity theft, and even violence, which is terrifying. All of our information could be used to harass us and against us, which is really, really effed up and scary, especially for our parents and our grandparents who aren't even as good as at the Internet as we are. As a person who technically exists publicly, especially as someone who shares her opinions online, I'm hyper aware of safety and security, especially having gone through what I went through. And it's easier than ever to find personal information about people online. All this data hanging out on the internet can have real consequences in the world. That's why I personally recommend Delete Me. I can't explain to you how much peace of mind it gives me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information that you don't want online, and it makes sure that it stays off. It does all the hard work of wiping you and your family's personal info off the web. So take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, you can get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash Acme and use promo code Acme at check out. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash Acme and enter code Acme at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash Acme code Acme. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey Kreppel, full-time YouTuber, part-time preschool teacher, and now the host of the podcast Circle Time. Join me every week as me and my guests mix the childlike wonder and conversational openness and acceptance of preschool that we're all nostalgic for with the realism, honesty, and wisdom baked into adulthood. With classroom-structured roots, we'll rehash standout moments of day-to-day life, dive into buzzy pop culture moments, and really just get to know each other on a deeper level. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Kreppel and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Time. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with the host of the Psychology of Your 20s podcast, Gemma Speck. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on. I just have to say, you have the voice, like you have the podcast voice. Oh my gosh. So I feel like people listening are going to be very soothed 
today. Hopefully. Maybe we can do some ASMR at the end. We should. We should. I'll send everybody to sleep. Absolutely. We should. We'll just, you know, conk them right out. Before we get started on all of the things and all of the questions I have, Gemma, what is your favorite romantic gesture? This is so interesting. Me and my partner are doing long distance right now. Favorite ever or just right now? I guess, isn't it kind of both? Like, yeah, because I have like one in mind that he did for me that I was like, wow. Okay, let's do, so let's do both answers. I would say my favorite romantic gesture is like, gesture? Gesture. Gesture. <laughs> is cooking me dinner. Okay. Like after a really long day, cooking mm-hmm. me dinner. Most romantic gesture that he's, I don't know why I'm struggling with that word, <laughs> that he has ever done for me was I was just having like a really, really hard week and came home from like a domestic flight and he had like cleaned my entire place for me. He'd cooked me dinner, but he knew I needed alone time. So he just left it out for me. He got me flowers and it was just like all of these acts of service. It was just all acts of service. And I love like, that. Wow. Really made my life easier. And That's then I was amazing. Like, Come back over. Uh huh. I want to be alone. Acts of service really does it for me too. Yeah. I have to ask, when's your birthday? 22nd of Feb, Pisces. Oh. Are you a Pisces? I'm not. I'm, I almost just said I was a Virgo. I'm a Libra. Oh. But I have like a lot of Virgo placements. So Pisces are very like fun for me because yeah. we're so different usually. That's interesting. So yeah. I'm actually a triple Pisces. Wow. So I feel like that might be controversial, but someone told me that once. I've and never then, met a triple Pisces. So it's controversial in that you're very unique. Yeah, well, I feel like anything that's like a triple is like, here we go. Totally, totally. <laughs> I actually know, I know a triple Scorpio and a triple Gemini. Put us all in a room. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Wait, and a triple Sag. So <gasps> yes, I will put you guys in a room and we'll see who oh comes God. out. We could solve crime. Uh-huh. Do something, right? <laughs> By dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also Gemma, how old are you and where are you from? I know Australia, but specifically. Okay, so I'm 24. I'm baby. <laughs> and I'm, so originally I'm from... Queensland, but I now live in Sydney, which is everybody knows Sydney. Totally. The How could you house, not? The bridge. What's the uh the pool with the Bondi? Bondi icebergs? Yes, icebergs. See, I actually, you know, when you I was in LA earlier this month, and there are certain things where you're like, I know there is not a single local here. Like I know there is not a single local staring like on the walk of fame with me right now mm-hmm. but bondi icebergs is one of those things that like the locals actually do that like i would really recommend if anybody's ever in i in actually Sydney. was there once oh my gosh did it you was, like it i loved australia it was yeah. amazing i went i want to say like in 2013 2012 okay Beautiful. it was before like the fires oh okay um, i was Gonna say it's a bit like different now. Yeah, no, that. I've I've heard that. Well, we went to Hamilton Island. Oh my god, which like was totally affected mm, by everything. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's still like functioning the same way that it was. It is. They rebuilt a lot of it, but uh-huh. there's like this is so random. We're gonna talk about the news. It's like <laughs> fire season this this year. Yeah. So like everybody I know is like got their fire safety plans like mm. prepared for the worst because it's like El Nino, El Nino, mm-hmm. kind of this, but. It's kind of just the reality of A, like climate change and B, right. living in a place like that. Totally. And yeah. so you said you're in a relationship. I am in a relationship. And you're long distance. Yeah. Where For are like they? a month. It's oh, like okay. been a month now. Okay. They're in, actually it's still mid, like mid distance. Uh-huh. So they live in Wollongong. I'm going to try and put that in like terms. They live like two hours away. Okay. So they live in Wollongong. I live in Sydney. So it's still like, it's a travel. Like it's a... It's like it's mid distance where Mm -hmm. it's like every weekend you do have to pack a bag. Right. But you don't have to catch a flight. Mm -hmm. But it's still a track. Yeah. How did you guys meet? (laughs) And how long have you been together? We've been together for almost like coming up on a year. Okay. I can't even remember. So we, (laughs) I haven't even talked about this on my show. Oh my God. Everybody who's coming over from Psychology of 20s is going to get insights. They're getting the tea. We met on Hinge. We met on Hinge. In Bali. What? Which is so random. Yeah. He wasn't in Bali. But for some reason, I was in Bali. Everyone on my list was like Bali, Bali, Bali. And he wasn't from Bali. I didn't even notice. He wasn't in Bali. And we matched and he was the only guy I talked to. I went on this trip. Do you want to hear the story? Yes. Okay. I went on this trip and it was with a bunch of friends of mine. 50% of them are in like end game relationships, marriage. At, at 24? 
are they're kind of older okay. they were like 27 28 mm-hmm. right yeah like <clears throat> end game relationships like we're gonna get married we live yeah. together blah 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 the other half had just been through the most traumatic breakups of their lives i'm talking like the horror story that is told throughout the friendship group like cheating drug-induced psychosis eviction notices like just crazy stuff and I was kind of in the middle I was like I'm a year out of my last relationships I'm still kind of heartbroken and then I ran into one of my ex's friends and I hadn't seen anyone from that like part of my life for like a year and it was like there was this wound that I hadn't Mm. realized was like very very infected and it was like someone just like jabbed it and just like everything like exploded it's like this huge emotional catharsis and the next day I started talking to my current partner and I, it was so weird. I was like, I just never thought about that other guy again. Was like, and did you ever figure out how you matched with him? Like, was it a glitch? We were trying to figure this out. So like, no idea, no idea because he doesn't even live near me. So like, even if my location setting was like somehow from a from like where my phone was based or like from a previous setting or something like previous time I'd had it in Sydney he wasn't even from where I lived he was from Wollongong so it's like super weird how this happened we never figured it out I feel like it's we can say it's fate I'm sure it's that like totally fate someone from Hinge is gonna get in touch and be like sorry we're gonna fix that bug like, you know what <laughs> you would think they would but I've had so many people come on here and say they met on Hinge and they never reach out like Really? They don't need, they don't need it, I guess. They're wow. just, they're just too cool for us. Maybe I should have said it was like a really small dating app and uh-huh. then could have given them plug, some free promo. small business. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, okay. Love that. So you guys met on Hinge. And when is his, what's his sign? Tell us. Oh my gosh. We would, I actually don't know. Wait. Well, tell me his, his birthday, birthday and I'll 8th, tell you. The 8th of April. Oh, he's an Aries. Oh, okay. Does that. I actually, love an Aries Pisces match. Is it good? It's very like complimentary. Because oh, you guys are so different, you know, but mm. like similar. We actually are very different mm-hmm. in our a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. But like something that I think I didn't realize, I feel like I've been dating for a while. I like graduated high school when I was like 16 and like moved to uni really before I turned 18, like moved out of home, moved out of state, which is like super rare in Australia. And it was, yeah, I know I was just like boyfriend. So I want a boyfriend and I want to date. And I want to have sex with men. <laughs> And I feel like I dated all these people and I never realized how much values really matter. Oh, yeah. It's like I'm figuring something out that everyone else has figured out already. But like, no, you're figuring it out pretty early. Like, I didn't figure that out until I was like 29. Oh, well, you're still you're where you are now. I feel like it, it's just like sometimes I wish I'd had a bit more fun. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but like, you oh. seem just like an old soul, you know, Thank like you. in terms of just the way that you carry yourself and like what you're able to share with your listeners and things like that. So it makes sense that you would be in this thing that is like healthy and normal and figured out what a healthy and normal relationship is at 24 when most people at 24 are in the opposite situation. You think? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not in Australia. Well, maybe just not amongst my friends. Mm -hmm. I figured something out recently. All of my friends are eldest daughters. Okay, so I saw your post on Eldest Daughters. Really? Okay. And it's funny because I've seen a lot of content on the internet right now about being the oldest child yeah. and like the burdens and this and that. I'm the youngest. So I obviously am like always personally attacked by these posts. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's harder for the younger one. But it's, it is really interesting to hear. And all of my friends are youngest as well. Okay, there's a study on this that I found. Tell tell us all. I can't find like I cannot remember the actual like statistic, but they did research on this. This is like a whole field of research. It's called birth order theory. Oh, mm-hmm. created it was found by this guy Alfred Adler. He also coined the term inferiority complex, like a bunch of other things. He just like all those weird psychobabble terms. You can trace them back to this guy, and he did all this research in this, and he did this study, and he was like majority of the time. The majority of your friends are going to be in the same place in the birth order as you. And I was like, no, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Sat down, was like eldest daughter, eldest daughter, eldest mm-hmm. daughter. And then all my male friends, like eldest son or youngest, like it's crazy. never middle child. It's crazy. I refuse to have middle child friends. It's actually a personal choice. Oh, really? <laughs> I have one. She's great. 
Oh, she's the triple cool. Gemini. But I get it. I wow. get being hesitant to middle children. And I guess this theory just amazes me. Did you ever find any research on if it like translates to relationships as well? Or is it just friendships? Oh, no, relationships as well. This is a little bit more shaky. And I'm always like hesitant to share this, like some of these, because anybody can come up with the term and do a experiment. Mm-hmm. So this one's more of that kind of thing where they were like more of an experiment rather than research. But someone did look into this. I'm going to ask you, is your partner, where are they in the birth order? So my husband is the oldest and I'm I the youngest. You were going to say that. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was betting money in my brain, mm-hmm. gambling with myself. It's huge. My partner, eldest son, youngest mm-hmm. son, sorry, mm-hmm. youngest son. Mm-hmm. And it is that thing where it's like you want like the yin and yang mm-hmm. works out really well, where it's like you want someone who balances out like your need for control or your anxiety or like your need, your lack of planning, their organization, your perfectionism, their spontaneity. Like it makes a lot of sense. But you know what's really interesting? So I agree with you. I think the oldest and the youngest together in a relationship, amazing. Yeah. I also think that two eldest can be in a relationship. Oh, absolutely. But I don't think that two youngest can. Oh my gosh, that's so funny because I'm thinking about my younger sister and I'm trying to imagine her dating, marrying, whatever, someone else who was the youngest sibling. And I just think that would be chaos. Chaos. Can you, it would be well Because you're both, it's all about you guys and like you were like the one who got like all the things and didn't have to like do the trial and error and (laughs) less rules normally as well less rules like everyone looked the other way whatever whatever and so you both are just too like too I I don't want to know if difficult's the right word but just too I I just think like you're like a live flame right you're like you're a live flame Mm -hmm. that's just like whoa uh-huh. <laughs> and you kind of need like someone who's going to be willing to like really not hold it in, but really like flow with that. Totally. Like nurture the flame. Yes. One thousand percent. Sometimes things really just work out when it comes to talking about the brands that support this podcast. And I love that Gemma met her partner on Hinge because I am literally planning slash doing right now talking to you about Hinge. It's a new year. It's still January. I know it's the longest month ever, maybe. And that means new opportunities to make connections. But when it comes to dating, it can be tough to put yourself out there and to know where to start, which is why I'm so excited. I'm so enthusiastic about Hinge. I really do feel like it is the number one dating app. It's the dating app designed to be deleted. And for good reason. It's also the dating app where you can actually showcase your personality and not just, you know, having that issue with paradox of choice, which we talk about in this episode. But instead, on your Hinge profile, you can make yourself stand out. So you can use a fun prompt like this year, I really want to become the best Hinge user. Like, no, don't say that, obviously, but something cheeky, something funny and something that's very you like this year. I really want to actually use the lettuce that I buy and put in my fridge because who actually uses that lettuce? No one. It always goes bad. Anyway, you can manifest the dating experience that you want this year by downloading Hinge and finding someone worth deleting the app for. So check it out. Make your profile amazing and good luck. Okay, I swear there's some weird manifestations going on right now because Gemma is Australian and some of the best shows that I love to watch are in Australia, but they're not available in America. Like, for example, Love Island Australia or even Love Island UK. I didn't know how to watch it in real time and I was deeply addicted to it. So obviously I downloaded ExpressVPN. If you don't know about ExpressVPN, I mean, you have to, because every time I've ever posted about Love Island watching in real time, someone's like, how are you doing that? And I'm like, ExpressVPN. It's really mind blowing that when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what Netflix actually has, because Netflix has over 18,000 titles globally, but only 6,000 of those are available in the US, aka we are missing out. And if you're like me and have been hibernating this January and you just need a new show, 
need to get ExpressVPN. It's an app that lets you change your online location so you can really control wherever you want Netflix to think that you are. They have over 100 different locations so you can gain access to thousands of new shows no matter where you live. They also work with many other streaming services like Disney Plus, Hulu, Max, BBC iPlayer, all of the best ones. And also, may I mention that Sweden has shows that we do not have also and we don't have access to. Guys, there are so many places where they are hiding good shows that we need. All I had to do when I wanted to watch Love Island was open ExpressVPN, select a different like part of the UK and or um, or Scotland and just tap one button to connect and then refresh. And I was watching it with everybody else. It's amazing. Super fast works on any device, encrypts your data. So stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you guys three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash Acme. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Acme to get three extra months completely free. Check it out. So I want to talk a little bit about being in your 20s. Do you consider yourself Gen Z? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I don't really think about it that much. What's the yeah, other yeah. option? Like, not I millennial? Think, no, it's it's like millennial would be me, so I'm 33. Yeah. And then I think it begins Gen Z at what, like 26? Yeah, and then so what am I? So I guess you would be Gen Z. Gen, yeah, but I'm 20. But you're 24. Yeah, yeah. no, so 26 and like... below. I think below. Oh. I, I don't know. And then like, what's the one after Gen Z? Like younger than Gen Z? Gen Gen, Gen Y? No, Gen that's o. the older. Gen, Gen, Gen A. Start again. Know. Well, I guess by the time we yeah. get back to the start of the alphabet. Right, right. <laughs> um, I don't, we need to figure that out. We need to figure that Someone's out. Someone's going to be listening to this being like screaming at their phone. I know. Well, Remy, if you, if you figure it out, holler at us. But being in, let's call it Gen Z for now. Yeah. What do you think, and I know it's a little harsh to to even phrase it like this, but what do you think 20-year-olds, like people in their 20s, right, are doing wrong in dating? This is such an interesting question. Okay, I actually, I have an answer. I think what we're doing wrong is that, it's, it's so fascinating, it's not always that deep. I think that sometimes we try and read way too much into other people's behaviors, their actions, Everything they do, they don't do every small signal that they send us. And it's not that deep sometimes, which is, I think, funny coming from me because I am always looking for the deepest possible explanation and all the science. But what I realized was I was like, if someone doesn't like you, they don't like you. Mm. If they're not responding to your messages, they're not interested. It's not like, oh, they're not responding because of this factor and that factor and this contextual thing that they don't understand or because of fate or because of this or that or whatever. Like it's sometimes you just need to like see the cards like as they've been laid and stop trying to look in their hand. You know what I mean? Like stop trying to interpret and psychoanalyze everything that someone else is doing and just accept what they're showing you as like that is, you know what I mean? Like that is my answer. I couldn't agree more. And I always say, if you're confused about how they feel about you, they're not interested in you. Yeah. But it's much easier said than done. Like we're sitting here on, on like our relationship pedestals yeah. and we're like, well, you should know that they're not interested in you. But I'm sure both of us have been in the situation where we've been looking for excuses for them. Oh, oh they're so busy with work. What do you mean? They work in finance. Yeah. They have no time to respond to me. When they do respond, it's because they really like me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But that is so real. I wonder if you think that with, TikTok and just Instagram the way that it is and all of these relationships being like like just over overanalyzed scrutinized like mm. even something as small as like couch guy or whatever do you know what I'm talking do you remember mm. that trend on TikTok <gasps> yes like he walked in the door yeah she walked yeah in the door. And he had like his arm around another girl <laughs> <laughs> see it's not that deep he was cheating on you right <laughs> like, right like I feel like you see that as someone who's dating and very impressionable and like hasn't had a lot of relationships and mm. you almost like get scared to look dumb or scared to I just feel like so I have I have cousins who are one is 21 and one is 24 and they haven't really had like relationships mm. but 
when I was that age, I feel like I had already had like my first love, like my big heartbreak, like this and that. And I'm just hearing more often than not, it's less like relationship culture and more situationship culture. Absolutely. I think you ask any person like in their 20s, like when they're like, if they've been in a situationship, they'll be like, oh yeah, 100%. -hmm. The majority. Because I think that there has been like so many cultural and like just like societal technological shifts in the last like two decades, even the last decade that have overloaded how we like overloaded the the usual blueprint for dating. Yeah. And the one I always talk about is obviously dating apps, right? Like dating apps have complete, like have done something to our brains that like needs to be studied and has been studied. And it's this idea called choice overload. Mm-hmm. So basically how we've like adapted to live and be is to have limited number of choices. You know what I mean? Like we were in a small environment we had a tribe, a pack of like 50 people, maybe max 200. We ate the same thing. We were like, we saw the same, you know, kind of scenery and we, it was all very like pattern based. And so it was really easy for our brain to make, brains to make decisions in those moments. It slowly expanded. And then when we've introduced things like online shopping is a really big one as well. And then things like dating apps. When you go on a dating app, you have thousands thousands of options especially in big cities like New York or London or Sydney like so many options and what that does is it actually paralyzes your ability to make a decision because you're constantly thinking what if there is something better out there they did this study at Stanford University it's my favorite study ever done it's called the jam experiment they went to a farmer's market the first day they had 24 jams the second day they had six and they wanted to say like how many people bought jam and they all of the, all of them were saying like when there's 24 jams, more people are going to buy jam because they have more options. We're appealing to more people's tastes, but that was not correct. Like more people bought jam when they only had six options, because it was easier for them to make a decision. They didn't have to weigh up like the cost benefit, the the pros and cons of every decision that they made. And we're seeing that a lot with things like dating apps, where it's like, why would I settle with settle? Why would I choose this one person when there's like all these other options that could be better for me. So I'm just going to like keep you on the side and wait for something better to come along. It's so true. And we also didn't used to have, I mean, you basically touched on this, but like access to that many people in general. Like you think about our parents, our parents' parents, it was their neighbor or their cousin's friend. Someone they met at work. Someone they met at work. Someone they, you know, go to the same coffee shop as. like High school. High school, you reconnect yeah. with these people like yeah. later in life. And yeah, and now it's way too many choices. I mean, yeah. I always use the example of when I pack for a trip mm-hmm. and I use like my checked bag versus a carry on bag, I'm bringing so much that I can't put together an outfit for the life of me. But if I bring a carry-on only and only like one white shirt and a few different pants, I can come up with a different outfit every night. Yeah. Because it's just like, but when I have too much, it's crippling. Like, I'm not doing that right now. Yeah. But a huge suitcase. I've worn this outfit four times. Every right. Been because you're like, weeks. I'm too stressed to yeah. choose other things. I'm like, I, I like what I know. Uh-huh. That's how the human brain likes to work. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like you actually said something before that was like really has got me thinking of like looking at, you know, the easier said than done thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because like we are on like the relationship pedestal where it's like, just do it the way that we did it and you'll yeah. find love. Like, and I also think that it's the thing with dating apps where a lot of people are like, well, you've got to delete the dating apps or you've got to like meet someone naturally or you need to be on, you need to be dating as much as possible. And that's like another component of this where it's like everyone is trying to sell you like the right, the right answer. And everyone's trying to be like, you need to do this. You need to do that. Like there's everyone's selling you a story about like how to meet the one. Everyone has their own story. And it's just like, I think we're all looking for like a formula and an equation to like find that happiness that we want. And it's like never going to work. And that's like part of that as well, I think. Yeah, it's so unique. And I also love in your story with your now partner that Mm -hmm. you were saying like a day before you still felt like 
vulnerable, you still felt like a little heartbroken. And someone might hear that and be like, that's no time to date, you know, but I couldn't (laughs) agree. I couldn't disagree more. I think that if you find someone greater than Mm. whatever you're feeling at the time and like going through, you can easily move on. Like, I hate when people are like, you need to be totally healed and loving yourself when you find your partner. That's not necessarily true. It's not true at all. And like, I will say like, I had been a year. It was just like all these emotions were brought back up. Mm-hmm. But I rem- I feel like, again, it's a rule. There's all these rules. Like, I I really disagree with that, that you have to be f- fully healed before getting into a new relationship. Obviously, there's like a certain level of like work that you need to do. But someone said this to me the other day. It's like when you get into a relationship, there's just going to be a bunch of junk on the floor, emotional junk. Each of you is going to bring so much baggage and you have to sit there and be like, okay, this is your junk. You take care of that. This is my junk. And you slowly clean the floor, right? You slowly like make a path forward for you both. And I feel like even if you're completely healed from your past relationship, like there'll be other things. I'll be like, oh, you know, conflict with a friend that like makes you distance from them. Or like, you know, there's so many little things that are always going to be like the junk on the floor. And it's just about like choosing what you're going to take accountability for and like work through with that other person. And that never impacted our relationship. Like I was done over that person. I know it sounds ridiculous. But no, it's true. No, it's, I believe I it. Work, you know? I believe it. I also have to out myself a little bit in that I do like rules, but not those rules. I don't like rules of when you can start dating again. Yeah, yeah. And this, I like rules for once you do find this person like you know how some people will be like there's nothing I could say that would push away the be- like the right person for me I'm just like that's a that's not true um what right like <laughs> what? that's like manipulative almost like yeah let me you know self-sabotage by saying like I got cheated on in every relationship so if you do that to me you know like just like mm. s- things like that or incessant texting when you're first meeting mm. someone like that's where my rules kind of come in because I'm like Let's I agree with that. Still, actually. like we're first getting to know each other. We our cards don't need to be on the table immediately. Mm. And I think that some people will have like a toxic opposite of opposite response to that. And I see this in my 21 year old. I don't know if she's Gen Z or Gen cousin. the Gen yeah. that that niece? we haven't figured out. What is she your niece or your she's, cousin? No, she's my cousin. But cousin. she's basically my little sister. How cute. And I see it, and she'll be like. Like, I'm just going to text him a million times. And if he doesn't respond, like, he's he's not the one for me. And I'm like, no. What? Like, that's not yeah. how it works. You still, you know, you still have to, if you if your goal is for him to like and respect you, you still got to, like, play the game a little bit yeah. until it gets to the point where you're both, like, out of the woods. And it's also, like. Yeah. So it was years? What? Years you were asking about? Oh, like what Gen... Oh, yeah, Gen Z? Yeah. yeah. Gen Z is 97 to 12. And what's right before? That is... What is that, Gen X? I think... Uh, Does it start again with X? That's you. No, but what's younger than Gen oh, Z? What's Alpha. 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 See, you were right. Technically. Alpha. A. Yeah, I Alpha. guess we're starting again. Okay. Omega, Delta. Now we know. Beta. Yeah, Wait, so... The, the so what oh, year yeah. are you born? 2000. Oh, well, Oh, so and you're so, technically Gen Alpha. No, not, like, yeah. No, Z. Z, Z. okay. 2012 to like now is Gen Alpha. Oh, okay. Okay. So like the tiny, tiny people. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, tiny yeah. baby. You're going to have an alpha baby. Oh my God. Wait, is it going to be an alpha baby? Or a beta baby? Hopefully it's an alpha baby. I hope it's an alpha baby. In 2024, is that alpha? I believe Nine years. So. <gasps> okay. Yes. So Alpha is like says 24 or 25. They haven't decided. Oh, I hope they decide in our favor. I hope they, they figure favor. it out. Yeah, yeah, Alpha baby. Oh uh-huh, my God. Uh-huh. That's amazing. But the rules. Yeah. I feel like also you've got to respect someone else's boundaries. Like, yes. You can't just be like, I'm going to blow this up and see if it settles in my favor. Totally. Yeah. No, it's all about it's the like, boundaries. Yeah. All about the boundaries. If you've been to one of our events in the city, you know that we are trying to do more and more sober minded, sober curious events, which I'm loving, especially because it's dry January for people who observe. And it's nice to have a clear mind and also drink a drink that's really good and that doesn't make you feel horrible the next day. 
Gia has been a supporter of our events for a while, and now I'm so grateful that they're supporting the podcast. Gia is a non-alcoholic aperitif brand that is inspired by the Mediterranean. It's made with the purest ingredients, no alcohol, no artificial flavors, no added sugar, vegan, and they have the best flavors. Also, this is so funny. Like I have such a niche memory of Gia because they have it at my fertility clinic. So every time I went in for an appointment, I would grab a Gia and it would just make me feel good and make me feel positive about the experience. Anyway, I associate it with great vibes and so should you. They have a newly released berry aperitif, which is their first non-bitter flavor. This one is bold, juicy, and tart. You can spritz it if you want or pair it with your favorite food like pizza. Gia goes great with pizza. I'm telling you, we had it for our pizza and everyone was loving it. And I really think that you should try it, which is why I'm so grateful that we have a code for you. If you visit drinkagia.com and use code ACME at checkout for 20% off of your first purchase. That's D-R-I-N-K-G-H-I-A. Be mindful of the spelling and use code ACME for 20% off. Hope you like it. Something that you posted about, which I purposely didn't look up because I'm like, Gemma will explain it to me and I will <laughs> understand me. it better than looking it up. Lucky girl syndrome. Oh my gosh. What is this? Okay. So this was a trend on TikTok last year and it started with, I think it was, a, I don't know my TikTok history. Someone might correct me, but it started with this video of these two girls and they were sitting in a car and they were like, I'm a lucky person. And they were just like repeating these affirmations. It's like, if you tell yourself you're a lucky girl, good things will happen to you. Mm. It's still have it's still on TikTok now, but it's like there will be these audios that are like, money comes to me easily, money comes to me fast, or like lucky girl audios that are meant to like change your life in like five days. Mm-hmm. And the idea is like if you think that you're lucky, good things will happen to you. The universe wants to reward people who are grateful. And I heard about this. And there was all these people being like, I believe this. And then suddenly I got my dream job. I believed this and suddenly I got a boyfriend or Mm. I got this promotion, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, if everybody, I have this saying, like, if there is an experience, if everybody's having the same experience, there has to be a red string. There has to be something that ties them together. And so I looked into it and I was like, I don't think that like manifestation is real in the sense of like the universe is conspiring to bring you good things. I think that manifestation is all about you and how your unconscious beliefs impact how you treat others, how you behave, even like the kind of energy you put out and put into things. And so this lucky girl syndrome, I was like, when you speak those positive words to yourself and you say like, I am so magnetic, I'm so attractive, I am so lucky, lucky. It creates what we call in psychology of this self-fulfilling prophecy or a self or a confirmation bias right. is another the kind of go hand in hand where it's like now you're constantly looking for instances, experiences that confirm that initial belief that you are lucky because you want to believe that because you convince yourself that manifestation does work or you have this the self-fulfilling prophecy where because you believe that you're magnetic, because you believe that you are deserving of all these things, that good things are going to happen to you, you naturally act in a way that is actually going to bring those about. So for example, you start speaking up more in the office. You start like making eye contact with people on the on the street more. Like you start like being confident enough to have like conversations with people or mm-hmm. take a risk. And that's what creates like these outcomes that people attribute to like some magnetic force. But really it's like you, you did that. I think it's really, really I love cool. that. I think that's a great syndrome to have. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, have you ever seen Office Space? No, what is this? It's like a, it probably has like a zero on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's an amazing <laughs> okay. movie that came out, I want to say in the 90s. And it was about this guy who worked a very boring desk job. Mm. And like everyone was the same. It was like super mundane. And then he... I don't know if something happens to him or like whatever, but he ends up getting like basically knocked on the head Mm. and in some way or another. And he becomes this guy who just like doesn't give a fuck. And he's like at the office, like talking back to his boss and this and that. And 
people react so well to his like newfound confidence that like yeah. he gets a raise and he gets this and he gets that and like gets the hot girl. And it's like just, you know, him yeah. like just acting a little bit different, but he thinks he's like under this spell, but he's kind of just like really woken up. I love that. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to make my, I've just said his Tom. I'm going to make Tom watch it with me. You um, have again, to. And I want to hear what yeah, you guys think. I'm going to watch it because I really believe this. I have this theory that I kind of came up with called the golden bubble theory where it's like, okay, wait, now I'm saying that I made this up. Maybe I heard it somewhere. It's a theory that I like really hold deep. And I've been thinking about it for a long time. If you ever like don't feel confident enough to do something, mm-hmm. you have to, I want you to like imagine this like big, golden orb like expanding out of you getting bigger and bigger with like each breath and it comes to like fill every like comes to fill the entire room around you it holds everybody in it and it's just this big golden bubble of like good things and anybody who was hit by this golden bubble like immediately likes you and I always like do this whenever I have to meet new people where I'm just like Three deep breaths, the golden bubble. And I, feel I like love it's, that. You should, anybody, like, I it really works. I'm totally doing that from yeah. now on. Do it when you, you give birth. I Everybody will. Loves. No, I will. <laughs> I've, already, I've already, like, had a friend make me feel so good about birth because she, really? I shared this recently on a podcast. Not that you have to think about this anytime soon or maybe I, you never I'm want really to. I'm really excited to give birth. Okay, day, okay, so good. So then this will get you excited and hopefully you'll remember this forever. Yeah. She told me that on on the day that you give birth, you are the most important person in the world. And like everything revolves around you because like in the hospital, they're like talking about you on walkie talkies. Like I have the the mother, I have like this, like I'm making sure, you know? And so it's like this euphoric moment where like other than on your wedding day, you are the most special person. Yeah. And like, it's this feeling of just like, oh my God, I am so cool. I'm so amazing. Like everyone like hypes you up. And I'm sure it's even more so in Australia because like the healthcare is just better than ours. It's so, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So say. you're just going to feel like you're floating. Yeah. Other than oh the, the pain, obviously. Are you excited? So this is, I'm going to turn, I'm going to become the interviewer. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you excited? I'm so excited, actually. I had a very vivid dream last night that he was like here and oh my gosh it was crazy but I didn't see what he looked like but I just like but he was here and like I had this like weird like I was like sweating in the dream because I had like just like pushed and given birth but I was like this like warrior type person it's the dreams that you have pregnant are insane I'm already so I I don't want to have a baby anytime soon I'm Mm -hmm. all good I'm I'm just doing other things Mm -hmm. but since I was like maybe 12 we had to watch this birthing video for school and everyone was like, ew, that's so gross. And I was like, I was made to do that. Uh-huh. I have this vivid memory of watching it and being like, I don't think I was made to be a mother, but I was made to do whatever that is. Yeah. Like, I want to know what that feels like uh-huh. to bring another human into the world. It's wild. I know. I'm like, I, and I think it would be like really sad if I couldn't have kids of my like, kids be like, I don't know, like a natural birth or like, yeah, yeah. Or like I was infertile or something. Like I think, and not to never do that would be so upsetting for me personally. There's so many other ways, to like have kids. No, of right? course, of course. Because I, it's like childhood idea of I get that. I think that's like such a cool thing to look forward to because a lot of people don't look forward to it. I also yeah. think that like if you're sitting around being like, oh, men have it better, like maybe they do in some ways, right? Mm. But they never, never. Yeah. Will create life. They can't do it. Well, they can. I bet some like men can, but like in a different like way. You know what I mean? Like kind of. Well, like I'm there's like obviously there's transgender men who okay. would be able to yes, do it. Yes, yes, yes. But I mean like people who are like born male continue to be male. Sure. I'm just like, God, you're you're missing out. You're useless, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? You like can build a building that looks like a big phallic shape that's a baby and I freaking made that. Uh-huh. like that would just be insane it's insane I mean of course we need them a little bit but just for the sperm yeah I love it okay when you think about millennials if you ever do yeah what do you wish and this is or no okay I'm gonna ask the second part of the question because it's more positive spin what do you envy about our dating styles if anything oh interesting because a lot of our listeners mm-hmm. are millennials and I want them to be like okay, we're not so bad. (laughs) 
So I actually have some friends. This is so funny. I've got friends who are millennials. You're like, I have old friends. <laughs> no, them no. <laughs> so bad. No. You're like, I actually no. know people who are old. I know people who are over 30. Isn't that insane? It's wild. But I have some Okay, I need to chill now. I'm making myself up. I, I have some friends who are over 30. They got married recently. And I was single when it happened. I was like, I was so fascinated by like their love story. I was like, and so he just asked you out and you said yes. And then you just like, you were dating after three weeks. And did he ask you to be, oh, he did. Oh. And it was like this weird thing I'd never experienced before where it was like so intentional. Mm. And I think that it's something I really admire. And it's something actually, yeah, I really admire in the sense of it's like, all right, I already kind of know what I like. I have an idea of like what my priorities are. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you want to waste my time for five years and like, we'll just have fun and you don't have to date me, but you can like meet my mom and whatever. Like, there's none of that. And I think that that's really important. And I'm not saying like people who are, who are like my age should be doing that because I think it's like a time and a place where it's like when you get to that point, you're like, okay, I know what I want. I really admire that. I wish that like I'd had more of that mm-hmm. when I was dating a bit younger. Yeah. I was younger and dated. Yeah, it's interesting because when I was your age and younger, I remember just wanting to be like I wanting to be seen when I said to people my parents' age, like, yeah, and I have this like great boyfriend. And they were like, Oh, that's so sweet. Yes. Oh, young yeah. love. But like they never took it seriously. And I feel like now in my 30s, like it's not a joke. Like it's finally like, taken seriously. But that was like all I wanted for so long when I was young. Yeah. Like in, not people looking down on me being like, oh, your first love. Oh my How God. Cute. My first love was so tragic. Like, we'll that I'm see like, if that lasts through yeah. college. Oh my God. And Joke's like, on me. <laughs> did it? It didn't. Uh, that was like, did, did it for you? No. Yeah. I met him a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My first, yeah. I heard my first love is doing well there. Yeah, I'm sure he was a nice guy. A good first love, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was I feel like were you lucky? Did you have a good first love? I had he was great until until he wasn't, you know, they always do that. Yeah, I just feel like and it's it's interesting because I could take this narrative and be like until he cheated on me and he's a cheater. But I really just think that like, yeah, cheating is very common when you're that young because like you don't know that. Like you, you're just meeting people for the first time in your life. Yeah. You don't like understand relationships, not justifying mm. people who cheat when they're like, no, 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 I know what you mean, you know, 18, but like, it's hard. It's way harder to be loyal then than mm. to be loyal now as a real adult, you know? Well, it's this thing where it's like, I don't think empathy fully develops until you're like 24, 25. Yeah, that is a fact. Like your frontal lobe doesn't really mm-hmm. like totally clock it. So you're like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Like I was yeah. drunk. It was like proms, like next night. I don't <laughs> is know. Is this I'm your just... whole story? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my God, prom would be brutal. No, it yeah. wasn't prom. It wasn't prom, thank God. Can but you, you know what I mean? Like your the origin story. <laughs> literally. My, what is it? Villain origin story. Oh, that is my villain origin story, though. Really? Like just like getting cheated on by my first love for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Well, yeah. Here you are now. So obviously, I don't can't be like good things. That- everything, everything that anyone did that was bad to me relationship wise is part of the story, you know? I totally agree. I was had dinner with a friend last night and I hadn't seen her in like two years and it was like, have to like open up the book and be like and Mm -hmm. this man and then this man and then I met this guy Uh and then this guy was here for a while but he left and like and it was this weird thing where I was like gosh I'm so glad that happened right like I got my heart like brutally broken and I was like that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I wouldn't have moved like to Sydney Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have moved I wouldn't be here I wouldn't have started my podcast none of this would have happened if it wasn't for him so I should probably cut him a check at some point. Literally, I completely Royalties. agree. I completely agree. Like, if not for all of these villains, I mm-hmm. would not be where I was. And no regrets. No me regrets. Neither. It's crazy because in the moment you're like, I'm so devastated. And then you get to a point where you're like, God, that really did need to happen. Of course. I get it. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. I love that. Wow. I didn't realize time oh, is flying. So. I'm have some water. Let me have some water. Let me choose my last 
question or two, even though I want to ask so many things. Okay, this one's a little controversial, but I'm curious, especially considering the name of your podcast and the nature of your podcast. Do you think that people in their 20s are overusing therapy? Oh my gosh. Okay. I did an episode on this recently called Can You Be Too Self-Aware? And I think that therapy is amazing. It's a great tool. It is like, I think it should be essential. I think that it should be provided the way that dental is provided in it. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. as, as much a part of like our healthcare system as like a regular dentist checkup is like regular therapy. But I also think that there comes a point where sometimes you just need to do the work. Do you know what I mean? Like you can have someone tell you what you need to do for as long as possible. You could have someone constantly giving you answers, letting you talk it out. There comes a point where you actually have to be like, all right, like there are changes I need to make that I'm going to just have to do myself without like needing a complete solid answer. Like I think a lot of the time people go into therapy expecting that it's going to immediately fix all their problems and also expecting that they're going to come out and be like, well, this is exactly why this happened and that's why this happened and I just need to do this in order to feel better. And it's like, actually, unfortunately, that's not how it goes. And so going into it and thinking that like finding a new term for everything, finding a new explanation, constantly using psychobabble, all that stuff is like actually just going to put you more in a pit of like, I actually don't feel I can get out of this. I don't feel like I actually have the tools because I'm overwhelmed by Mm. all the tools. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great. I think it's amazing. But it does come a point, like I said, where you have to be like, how are we going to go? Where are we going from here? Like, what do I actually need to change in my life? What do I actually need to take accountability for maybe? And what are some of the things that I have to just come to terms with the fact that they probably will never, I will never have an answer. Right. They probably won't ever be fixed. That person will never apologize. I can't undo the past and find a way to like come to terms with that. I think that's so well said. I think if you have had a therapist, the same therapist, let's say for three years, mm-hmm. and you haven't done anything actionable yeah. throughout that time that you've complained about mm. a lot, then like, what are we doing here? Find a new therapist. Like, yeah. Because I also think like, I obviously studied psychology and I think that that's actually not great from your therapist, psychologist, counselor, psychiatrist, if they're letting you stay stagnant for that long. Mm-hmm. And I know that their caseloads are like so crazy. So maybe they don't even realize, but three years or like an extended period of time, I think we can just get stuck in a real mental loop of just looking for an explanation and then looking for another explanation. And like in this episode where we talk about like, can you be too self-aware? I think it, at some points it actually makes you more unhappy. It's like more answers doesn't necessarily lead to more happiness. It might actually lead to more questions. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, I don't want to stop. There's so many questions I can ask you, but I guess that can be the last one before we do a little rapid fire. Okay. That was so fun. This has been such a nice little chat. Oh, I'm so glad. Okay. So we asked these poll questions on our Instagram story. I'm just going to ask you a few Yeah. All right. Let's see. Okay. All right. Is it ever okay to ask your significant other to block someone? Yes or no? Oh my gosh. You can ask, but I don't think that they need to say yes. Mm, I agree. But I don't think you should ask. You don't think you should ask? I don't know. I wouldn't. But like, I feel like if it's really... If it's someone that like threatened your family... Yeah. But like if it's just a hot girl that you're like jealous oh, yeah. of. I wasn't thinking hot yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. thinking like toxic ex who like you need a restraining order against. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. Then, then block, for block the shit out of them. Yeah. Do you think it's better if a guy is a consistent texter but asks to schedule dates last minute or schedules dates a few days ahead of time, but you'll go a few days without talking at all? Second one, for sure. Mm. I think quality time is so much more important I barely I like don't really text with my partner because well now we do but like because we're not together Mm -hmm. but I think that like when you can really see them as who they are like in person it's so much more important quality yeah would you rather date someone who is weird but leaves an impression or who is cool but intimidating oh my god weird but leaves an impression Mm -hmm. oh my god I love those kinds of people what is cool and I just hate when people I don't think anybody should ever be left intimidated Especially by someone they're dating. Yeah, absolutely not. And imagine like you like bring them to a party and everyone's like, 
what'd you think? What'd you think of him? Yeah, he was intimidating. Right, right. That's like, awful. I'd be like, what does that mean? Like, yeah. Hi, it's giving high school bully energy. Mm-hmm. Would you rather your partner be described as boring or stupid? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> well, I've had exes who've been called both. <laughs> boring. Would you rather be described yourself as not everyone's cup of tea or they're friends with everyone? Oh my God. <laughs> Did you come up with these? Yeah. Oh my God. Not everyone's cup of tea or they're friends with everyone. <laughs> they're both so bad. I thought, I guess. Oh, well, I like their friends the first, with everyone. Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm like, they're both so bad. And then I'm like, actually, nothing, nothing can make you feel bad unless you let it. So yeah. either of them. But probably the first one. Not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because if you are everyone's cup of tea, then you're just serving some basic shit. The same as the second they're friends with everyone. Like, you're trying to mold yourself. Right, right, right. If you were everybody's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. So, interesting. Would you rather get married at 30 and divorced or get married at 45 and be together forever? Shit. (laughs) My God, you make me consider my whole life. (laughs) Um... So you know what like kind of 30 and divorced simply because of like I would want to have kids but then I'm also mm-hmm. like dang I could just have kids with like a random guy and then meet like the love of my life at 45 but then I I'm more thinking of the kids I don't yeah, have yeah, kids yeah. but I'm thinking think about the, the kids the like unborn. do I want them to have like divorced parents yeah or like not have a father right present right. father yeah wow you thought Deeply with that one. Okay, I'm going to go 45. Okay. <laughs> Respect. Would you rather be the crazy... Oh, who would you rather be the crazy one in your relationship? You or your partner? Me. Of course. Good answer. I want to be crazy. It's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. I already am. It's great. Would you rather have decent sex with your partner every day or really good sex once a week? Really good sex once a week. Mm-hmm. I'm tired sometimes. Yeah. Okay, last one. I, even though I could ask all of these because they're so fun. Would you rather find out your significant other has been cheating on you with multiple one night stands or with their ex one time? Oh, with the ex one time. Is that your answer? No, I, I, I'm so stuck. You're taking it in. Mm-hmm. Oh, multiple one night stands. Yeah. How many? Like five? Yeah. At the least. relationship would be over either way. So. Right, right. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not, you're not coming back from that. Uh-huh. I'm going to burn this to the ground. <laughs> If you cheat on me, it's not uh, happening. Uh, yeah, maybe um, I'll forgive. This has been so fun. Gemma, can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice? Something that maybe you've picked up from doing your podcast or... Yeah. Someone said this to me the other day and I've said it on the show already, but it's not that serious sometimes. Like, it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're allowed to just have fun. Or don't the Gen Z say don't deep it? Don't deep it? Yeah. Whoa, I've never heard that, even though I have old friends. <laughs> I've never heard that. No, one. that's a young thing, apparently. <laughs> oh, it's my uh-huh. age. It's your age. Oh, it's hip. So I guess I have young friends. Yeah, and I And you have old don't. friends. <laughs> I have, and you need more. I do need more. Um, I love it. Where can everyone find you, listen to the podcast, and follow you on social media? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This has been so fun. I feel like I've laughed the whole time. <laughs> but you can listen to my show. It's called The Psychology of Your 20s, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at That Psychology Podcast if you want to see some of the things that we talked about today, some of the content behind the scenes work. Love it. Thank you. Thanks. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.